the text says that there will be people who will exhibit these characteristics. So the question then will be for you and me is, is there going to be a time in your life when you will not live out these characteristics? And how could that be? How could it be possible that you would get to a point where you won't get arrogant? How could it be that you'll get to a point where you won't be reckless, when you won't be swole, when you won't be a lover of pleasure instead of God, when you won't have the appearance of godliness on Sabbath, but then on the rest of the week you deny its power of the truth? How is that possible? Hey, welcome to Night Church, the Friday evening service of Praxis, the young adult ministry of the Loma Linda University Church. You're going to be hearing some great sermons, testimonies on this podcast that are going to encourage and deepen your faith. We are so excited that you're here, and I hope you enjoy this sermon, and so much so that you share it with someone that you love. Welcome. Hey friends, welcome. Hi. Tonight, this is going to be one of those nights that we talk to each other. It's going to be one of those nights that's going to be a little bit different. You're going to be like, man, why did I come to this place? Oh, goodness. But my prayer is that actually what we do here tonight will be really meaningful to you. I want you to start off by just telling the person next to you, Hi. Next thing I want you to do is tell the person next to you or around you, and if you don't have anyone around you, kind of scoot your seat just a little bit so you can find someone next to you. I want you to tell them one of the most strange things about your week, okay? You can have like 20 seconds, and I want you to just say it within a sentence, all right? The strangest thing of your week. All right, hopefully you told someone something strange and weird. All right. Well, I didn't have anyone to talk to, unfortunately, so uh, Daniel and Gus, what was the weird thing that happened to you guys? Something strange? (laughs) Okay, I'm putting you on the spot, that's too much. You got called out right now. So the strangest thing that happened to me this week is I prepared a sermon and uh, someone who's, someone I kind of look up to and is becoming a mentor of mine, he's like, Philip, don't preach tonight, just have a conversation with everyone. I'm like, what? He's like, you all need it. Oh, man. So what we're going to do tonight, we're going to have a conversation. There's some mics that are here on the side. Um, one of the things that I want to do is hear from you as well tonight. And so the mics, they're going to kind of come up into your, 
areas, we're going to just ask, maybe, can, can you grab the mics, Daniel, and just kind of put them up a little bit back, and Alana, can you grab that mic and put it up in the rows there, because it's not so close to the front. And uh, we're going to have a conversation tonight about this text. If you're catching us right now, we're in a four-part series, The Old Guard is Dying. It's all based on the book of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy is the very last book that Paul writes before he dies. It is one of those moments in a person's life where they want to embark on sharing the last words to someone who might be able to be impacted by what they say. And so, here we are. We've gone into chapter 1 and 2, and now we're in chapter 3. And so, we get into this moment where Paul speaks into the times that are going to come. We're going to read this text again, and then we're going to talk about how incredibly relatable that is to our moment right now in history. And so, I want to just jump into this with you right now. So, 2 Timothy chapter 3 And beginning in verse 1. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. In the King James Version it says, in the last days, in the perilous times, there will come challenges. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents... My children are never disobedient. Ungrateful, they're never ungrateful. Unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit. You know how guys are like, yo, you swole, bro. But imagine now when you talk to someone, you're like, dude, you're conceited so bad, you're swole to the... You're bursting with arrogance, pride, oh. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power, avoid such people. I read this text and it hit me so hard when he said avoid such people because I don't know how to avoid myself. Do you know what I'm saying? You look at this and you're like, wow, there's a lot in here. And I think I've found myself in like more than half of those things. There have been moments I get conceited. There are moments when I love pleasure more than God. There are moments when I can be arrogant. There are moments when I can be just hard with my own parents or my wife or there are moments when I can be deceitful. There are moments when I find myself in this text. Hmm. The text says, avoid such people. Avoid such people. So I want to hear from you. As you read this text, we're going to just start off with a really basic question. What stands out to you? What stands out to you? Okay, very basic question. You read this text, you hear these words, what stands out to you? What comes out?
So the audience is just one guy, and uh, he's going to be sharing the text with the rest of kind of the people that he's ministering to. The, the audience is Timothy. So Paul is speaking to Timothy, and he's telling them, this is what's going to be in the moment. In I know, this but world. like, like who, like who's like, who is he talking to? Like, I mean, who's the message? Like, is it to like, are they who's the message for? Is it for like believers or like non-believers? Ah, I see, I see, I see. So it's really, I mean, to believers to be understanding of what is to come in the last days. Because I mean, I always read like that, and my question is, is like, if you're a believer. Um, versus non-believer, I guess I'm saying. It's like, it's expected for those things to be um, a characteristic of someone that, like, you know, that doesn't follow Christ. Mm. But those things there, so, like, we're so, like it's, not suppo- it's not to be a surprise if we see those things happening now. But yeah. to see it inside the church, that'd be different. So that's what I'm mm. saying. Like, are those characteristics of char- people that are in the church that you see? Right. Or versus people that are not in the church because... If they're not in the church, it's not a surprise. Okay, so what's the answer to Rodolfo? What do you guys think? Okay, we've got a mic roaming here. Though I agree with um, Rudy's saying, I don't completely agree because I do believe that there are definitely people outside of the church who treat people way better sometimes than the people in the church. Mm. And so I don't think it's dependent on whether they're church people or not church people because mm. a person's character is still within themselves. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Who, who has some thoughts on this? I want you to just start walking to the mic, start walking to the mic, start jumping up, screaming, you know, shouting. Who disagrees? Any, anyone, anyone disagree? Anyone in agreement? What are you thinking here? You guys are like, dude, I didn't come to talk here. I came to just sit and like, veg out and it's been a busy week and <sighs> so frustrating why did i come <laughs> some of you are like i know yeah that's me well that's the night you came on i'm so sorry Anyone else see some of these items in your life that be willing to say anything? Raise your hand on that one. A couple of you, the rest of you liars. Okay, good. good. <laughs> All right. All right, you're raising your hand out of guilt. Okay, Andrea. <laughs> I saw that, Andrea. Okay, it was me too. Okay. I think it's interesting how it says, remember that there will be difficult times in the last days. Mm. But, I mean, I think we can see this from all in the Bible and, you know, now and in the last days, whenever those are, could be now, you never know. Yeah, so you bring up a really great point. Um, when the text in Scripture talks about the last days, there's a few ways that you can think about it. Jesus at times was talking about truly the generation before it will be the end when he comes. But the text also when the word last days is used is also in reference to every generation who should live with the anticipation that the Lord will come in their time. So it is not wrong if you say Jesus is coming soon because that is what every generation should yearn for. The last days are now. Now, I will tell you as a pastor, looking back in history, I'm like, wow, a lot has happened. But looking at this moment in history and time, 
sure feels like something unique and different. A worldwide stop and pause globally, this never happened. That the entire world is globalized and connected. That world hunger could now literally happen if every ship would be stopped. I mean, that edicts could come out and... As some of you who are Adventists understand this phrase when Ellen White says that the last day events will come quickly, all of a sudden it made sense when this pandemic happened. Hmm. But the text brings out this point here, and I want to look at this with you for a moment. There will be people. The text doesn't say that everyone's going to be like this. The text says that there will be people who will exhibit these characteristics. So the question then will be for you and me is, is there going to be a time in your life when you will not live out these characteristics? And how could that be? How could it be possible that you would get to a point where you won't get arrogant? How could it be that you'll get to a point where you won't be reckless, when you won't be swole? When you won't be a lover of pleasure instead of God. When you won't have the appearance of godliness on Sabbath, but then on the rest of the week you deny its power of the truth. How is that possible? That a time will come when you won't look like that. How is it possible? How is it possible? There's no wrong or right answer here. I'm just going to pick someone. Yeah. No, no, I did chaplaincy, and silence is something I'm okay with. So unless someone here isn't okay with silence. Okay, we got someone walking up. Good, good. Um, I feel like we're always going to fall short. Mm. I feel like there's going to be this moment of repentance, and God is just looking for that moment. Mm. And no matter how close it is to the end when it comes, if it comes... That's all he's looking for. Mm. Um, and, and so I feel like we're never going to actually like fully achieve that in all of its glory and all of its essence. But that moment is what he looks for. And I feel like once we come to those end times, kind of like with the pandemic, we realize like what's most important to us. And so we make that decision to let it all go. Mm. You know, yes. we, we like like it talks about we, we put on the armor of God. And so we, we give up all those things in that moment. And that's when we're truly one with him. Mm. Just like whenever we repent on our days, like there's some days when we sit in our room and like we plead to God. Mm. And that's in those moments when we're the closest to him. Mm. And I think that's exactly what's going to be um, replicated in mm. that moment. Mm. When you get to a moment where you're at the end of yourself. And you just plead with Jesus. I love that. Thank you, Cha-Cha. And tell us your name. Thank you. I'm Delilah. Hi, Delilah. Not the Samson and Delilah. I'm not Go, her good, anymore. Good, good. Okay, just letting you guys know. That used to be me. That's not me anymore. Like that Beatles yeah. song. Okay. Yeah, I prefer the Tom Jones version. All right, all yeah, right. That one's better. So um, in relation to the passage that you just read, um, I really think it's in reference to the lukewarm church. Mm. Um, the lukewarm church in the book of Revelation uh, talks about that God will spit them out, you know, will vomit them, 
because they're neither hot and they're neither cold. So uh, we're also instructed to cultivate the fruits of the spirit, which is faithfulness, goodness, patience, peace, joy, gentleness. Um, All of those things can be cultivated Mm. um, if we cultivate them ourselves. The gifts of the spirit are different from the fruits. The fruits have to be cultivated just like when we um, cut the branches of a tree during mm. winter so that they can bear fruit. Great and if point. we're bearing fruit, then we're going to exude that godliness. We're going to exude that holiness. Yes. And so anyone who has fallen short, we're given an opportunity to repeat the next day. God's, n- God's mercies are new every day. Mm. But it's a goal that we're trying to reach as Christians. Mm. I love that. You're definitely not Samson's daughter. No, no, I've been been redeemed through the blood of Jesus Christ. (laughs) I've been redeemed out of the hand of the devil. Yes. I love what you said. I want to hold you up here for a second. She said a really great point. I want to hear what you guys think about this. She said that the fruit of the Spirit is something that has to be cultivated. Um, Man, that is brilliant. That is a brilliant thought. How, what do you think about that? So the notion that you're going to grow into the release of some of these things that are not of the Lord, and you will, as you cultivate some of these other things, gain the fruit of the Spirit. Absolutely. Anyone agree, disagree, put a challenging thought out there? What do you think about that? I, think? I accept your challenge. Nice. All right, come up, bro. Come up, or sister, whoever that is. I see someone over there. Come up, sister. And tell us I your name. I wanted to, oh, Jonine. I wanted to add to the, what Delilah said. Like, the fruit of the Spirit is something that's cultivated. And a lot of trees don't give their fruit after, like, seven years. Mm. So it takes a little while to grow. Mm. But something else that I thought was super interesting was that it said, they act religious, but they reject the power that could make them go godly. Mm. So these people are resisting the Holy Spirit at this point. Mm. Wow. Wow. That's a really good point. Okay? So, for that cultivation, we need to scroll down, if you're using a Bible app, down to verse 13 and 14, I think it is, where you can see that there's the evil people and imposters go on from bad to worse. So, the imposters are the people in the church. And then you have, they go on deceiving um, and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are to make you wise for salvation. So I think that's the cultivation. Mm. And the childhood doesn't necessarily need to be from when you're a child, just as a child in the faith. Mm. And then you are slowly building that relationship. Great point. I love that. Man, that's brilliant. You almost were going to go where I didn't want you to go and take the last few <laughs> verses. I'm glad you did. Yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of wanted to jump on the Delilah train. Wait, um, tell us who you are. Oh, my name's Ariana. Um, and I kind of like that concept of like passive versus active engagement mm. with this state of being that we want to be in versus mm. not. Um, so 2 Corinthians 3.18, and we all with unveiled faces beholding the glory of God are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another mm. for this comes from the Lord who is the spirit. Yes. But that one thing like the transformed is kind of this like passive concept, like it's an action happening to us, ah. which might just be like the whole like Greek to English, blah, blah, blah stuff. 
but I think there is, like people were pointing out, like a lot to be said for how much is in our control versus how much is like the passive state of being if we aren't working against that and like. So are you yeah, saying like that that God doesn't necessarily just passively do this for you? He doesn't just give you everything. You you actively work in accordance with Him. Yeah. For this to be cultivated. Agree to agree. Okay. Anyone disagree with that? Anyone agree? How do you, do you just get some things or do you have to work into it? Okay. So we got someone walking up on that. Let's hear what you got to say. Hello. What's uh, your name? My name is Andrea. Hey, Andrea. <laughs> um, and I just wanted to say uh, that um, by kind of commenting on um, cultivation, uh, I like to like, I, I want to add like the thought of the season you're in that my friend Jillian said. So season comes into play. Everyone is different sometimes in, in, mm. in certain seasons. Environments also make, mm. you know, like good examples of like what what are you surrounded by? Like what is your um, what is your environment at the time? Yeah. Um, I, when I when I look at this text and I see like all these negative factors and just like qualities, and I think, wow, like so, like in some of my past, I see someone who was like that. Like mm. not saying that I'm perfect now, yeah. but in like some of my past seasons, I see someone that like I don't recognize because mm. I used to be maybe a little bit more that way. Mm. Um, but now like I feel like I've grown too in, mm. in certain aspects, if that makes sense. You're in a, you're in a good season right now. Yes, yes. <laughs> I like it. I love that idea. I think that really makes sense to me as well. The notion that there will be seasons in your life where you will be harvesting more fruit but there will be seasons of winter as well. There will be seasons where it is literally, I don't see a single fruit here. I don't see anything here. And yet, what's happening in winter? What's happening in winter? Pruning. I want to run into a space after this comment. Hi, guys. My name is Melanie. Hey. So I just wanted to add on to what Ariana was talking about with the passive and active. I think because right before you were asking if we agree with with this process, I think part of it is that we have to allow God to empty ourselves. And I think that that's a very, it's passive and active. It's passive because we accept it, but then it's active because it's really, really hard mm. to do. Mm. Um, but then in that process, he's filling us up and replacing all of that emptiness and, and filling us up with his spirit. And yes. through that process, we're going through those seasons of winter. And I can attest to all of this. It's something that's really hard for me to like, was really hard for me to understand for years, but I think that as you go through that process, it starts to make sense. And there's mm. just so many levels to it. And it's, it's hard to answer with one sentence. But mm. So you're saying as, as you're going through some of these seasons, all of a sudden this will make more sense to you. Because someone who is dead in Christ, dead to the Spirit of God, like just has been living in the flesh carnally, to them they're in this winter season. It's just like blah. It's dry. No growth, they're not seeing anything. But then all of a sudden you grow into something and you're like, wow, wow. Okay, I love that. I want to read the rest of the text with you because I want to tell you, you ask yourself, I see myself in this text and I wonder, Lord, is there hope for me? And I tell you, absolutely there is and I want you to see why. So look at this with me. 
verse 6. Now, some of you don't be offended, okay? Don't be offended this next verse. For among them are those who creep into the households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions. Now, you look at this, you can always say weak men as well. But for some reason, Paul saw and encountered some women that were struggling in certain ways, in particular in this. And so that's why he mentioned that. But then in the text above, he said there will be men who are lovers of, men who are lovers of. So they were a sinful men, and now he points out some sinful women. Verse 7, they're always learning, but never able to arrive at the knowledge of truth. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also opposed the truth, men corrupted in their mind and disqualified regarding the faith. Jambres and Janus, um, in Hebrew tradition, it was believed that these two were the magicians who were in Pharaoh's court, who were there as Moses was throwing out the rod and the staff and seeing like a snake appear out of a staff, and it's like, What? And Jambres and Janus, uh, they literally also did the same thing. But Moses' you know, rod, can that turn to a snake, ate theirs. And you would have thought, whoa, this guy's way more powerful. But no, they continued to persist. So when they saw other miracles happen, these two guys came out again and they tried to work against the truth that they saw. And again, Moses comes out with another miracle and an act of God. And these guys come out again trying to push against the truth that they see. Sometimes there are seasons in your life that you're pushing away the truth and you see it clearly. I want you to look around in your mind. Was there ever a season when you just kind of rejected truth? rejected what you heard and understood to be good and right. You ever have a season like that? You're kind of rebellious in your own mind. You're just like, you know what? I'm doing my own thing. Forget you. I had some time to talk to several young adults this week about different things they were going through, and one of them recounted just a season where they were just like doing this one thing, disobedient to their parents. They just didn't want to listen to the advice of mom and dad godly parents, and they were just like, dude, forget you. I don't want to have anything to do with what you're telling me. Here, these guys were pushing against the truth that they saw clearly. But they will not get far, verse 8, for their folly will be plain to all as was to those two men. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim, my life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, and my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch in Iconium and Lystra, which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. And indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. All right, point number one before we end here, I'm going to call the band up, is this. If you want to live a godly life, the Lord will give you the opportunity to live fully in that. But be ready for people to ridicule you. Be ready for people to push against you. Be ready for people of verses 1 through 5 to appear in your life, and you be ready to be able to say, I'm going to avoid such people. 
because you're contrary to where God is taking me right now in my life. You talk about pruning. You talk about seasons of cutting. I'm telling you, one of the most difficult things is when you have to cut friendships out of your life. Cut certain boyfriends. Well, hopefully there's just one. <laughs> cut a boyfriend out. Cut a girlfriend out. Now, you talk about marriage. What do you do then? When your spouse is taking you down a bad path. No, you don't cut them out. But you might need to put some boundaries up. You might need to really get help and get marital counseling. You'll need to find friends and people to because you need to fight for that marriage, okay? Do not give up in your marriage if your spouse has taken a bad turn. Now, this is the reason why I'd say that. Because when there is a spirit of repentance, you can work with someone. When there is no spirit of repentance, I can't work with that. I don't care if you're amazing, if you have a huge bank account, if you have great degrees, you're a beautiful human being on the outside, but if your heart carries no repentance, you are a rogue woman and a rogue male. Avoid such people. The text goes on then. While evil people and imposters, imposters, I love what Carl brought out. Imposters are people who are faking something but really are something else. The truth is when someone says, man, I've met this amazing guy. He's Adventist. And I just stop right there. Do you know anything else about his faith and what he does, like for his devotional life? And like, does he serve the church? Does he partner in ministry in certain ways? Well, I'm not sure, but um, you know, he's Adventist and he's at church. There will be imposters. There will be posters among us here. There will be people who are yearning for something from you and they have nothing to do with yearning for your betterment for the kingdom. There will be posters among us. Avoid such people. Bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with these sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Paul is writing to Timothy. What scriptures does he have? What scriptures does Timothy have? What sacred writings does he have? The Old Testament. The Old Testament. Now I ask you, what sacred scriptures do you have? You've got it all. So you talk about the very beginning where I said, I see myself in the text, and I asked you this question, what hope is there for us? Pay attention to these words now. All scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for the training in righteousness, that the man and woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. 
You talk about yourself saying, Lord, I see myself in the text of the first five verses. Then I tell you, you better run to the text in which you will find healing and hope for your sin. Because it is found in Scripture, the truth of rebuke, correction, encouragement, that the men and women of God might be fully equipped for the good work that God has for you. Some of you aren't at the good work that God has for you in your life because you're still living in a spirit of rebellion. You're living in a spirit where the Word of God is nothing to you. It's something that sits on your shelf, the pastor talks about on the weekend, but it has not yet become that thing you yearn for more than pleasure. I'll tell you, I struggle with this all the time as a pastor. There are moments in my life as well when the text is a job. And that is such a sad thing to say that has happened in my life at times. But I always go back to this and I pray, Lord, change my affections. Alter my affections that I would not yearn for the seduction of the world, but I would yearn for what your word has for me. That you might experience what the last verses of this text has tonight. I want you to experience the beautiful gift that Paul was trying to give Timothy. And that was, you might feel like an imposter here tonight. You might feel like you saw yourself and see yourself in those verses. But Timothy is given this encouragement by Paul and he says, I want you to remember everything you learned in Sabbath school. I want you to remember what your parents taught you. I want you to remember what you read in the word and I want you to stay in it because it is here that the truth of God and the ability for you to become a strong man and woman of Jesus is found. And so tonight, as the band plays a sad melody to get you convicted, with silence actually in the room. I want you to pray a prayer with me. I want you to pray a prayer with me. Silently in here, that the Holy Spirit would change your affections, that you would yearn for the word, that you would yearn to be changed by Jesus, the only one who can do that for you and me, that you would yearn for the desire of God instead of the desire of the world. You see, Jesus died for the whole world, the famous Bible verse says. But he died for people. And some of us have put things and money and degrees and the attainment of marriagehood and the idolatry that we put into that. The attainment of wealth one day. The attainment of this and this and this. And we put all these things before God. Jesus came to die for people first. How many of you need to put Jesus first again? Take a moment to silently just pray for yourself tonight that the grace and mercy of God, which is abundantly here for you, would be given unto you tonight. Hey, thank you so much for joining us for the Night Church Podcast. We really are excited for where we're going, and you can help us in that mission. There's a few things that you can do. Number one is just stay connected. So if you want to follow up what's going on in the young adult ministry here at Loma Linda University Church, follow us on Instagram at Praxis Ministry, 
And then the other way to really build from this is to financially contribute. Your donations make such a big impact. And so if you go to lluc.org slash give, you can connect with Praxis Ministry there on a one-time gift or a reoccurring commitment. It makes such a difference. Well, we love you, care for you, and may God bless you richly as you take theory and make it into practice.